Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday. Welcome to Homemaker Chic Podcast. Because we love that you're here and we are inviting you to join us as we rescue the art of homemaking from the daily grind with red lips mm-hmm. and no denim jumpers. I am your host, co-host, Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl, and I am joined by the fabulous Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead. And a little over a year ago, we just decided that the world of podcasting needed two people that don't quite know what they're doing, but give it their best try. So <laughs> a happy for Monday. Effort. <laughs> a for effort. Today, we have a fun topic for you. Thank you so much for all your lovely words of condolences and uh, empathy uh, for last week's episode. Uh, those were very kind, and we are reading each and every one of them. We're going to just lighten things up a little bit today, and we're going to talk about some specific ways that you and I and Shay can skill up in our summer kitchen. Good Sound morning. Good? Good yes. Morning. What are you sounds, wearing? It sounds great. Oh, Shay Elliott, it's so wonderful to see you on the red carpet this morning. What are you wearing? <laughs> are you? Well, I'm wearing Gap. <laughs> I've never seen that before. You've seen this a hundred times before. <laughs> Is that off the rack? I have like... <laughs> Three shirts. <laughs> I yeah. We have to do a fashion episode soon because I was lamenting with my friend Natalie who came over for dinner last night, and I was just said it's not fair because you get it figured out where we live, you get it figured out, and then the seasons change, and it, the what worked for your summer wardrobe does not work for your fall wardrobe, and that doesn't work for your winter wardrobe because the no. seasons are so distinct here. Oh, they're like. Hey. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, th- every three months, that's that's too often for me to well, have to reassess things. Yeah. I, I do think, I mean, there's there's also like, as a farm girl, there's yes. a, an in public wardrobe and then there's an on the farm. I mean, by far, fall fashion is like what is yeah. really the only thing to get excited about. Okay, because that's it. That's when it starts getting really, really exciting and a little bit more where you're not just like worried about, will I sweat through that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I actually had this crisis. You know me. I've, I go through a fashion crisis. She's got a crisis. 60 days, four days. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my crisis was, do I need to actually adapt my style to sort of take in a little bit more like bohemian gypsy farm-esque because I'm just on the farm schlopping it every day. So my cute little Frenchie style that I love, I never get to wear. Hmm. Like it's... There's got to be ways you can incorporate incorporate that into farm work though. Well, I mean, yeah, there are, but then there's just your like throw down uniform. I got to go move the sheep. And you mm-hmm. kind of just like, you got to wear jeans for that. Mm-hmm. You got to wear boots. Yeah, for sure. You know, I only wore cowboy boots for a solid decade of my life. Only cowboy boots. I think they might need to come back. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. It's fine. We're fine. Everything's fine here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm actually going to be exp- exploring this soon on youtube because like i gotta change before i go into town like it's like it goes oh yeah from farm life to resort life in four miles mm-hmm. and so i think i'm going to have some fun with looking at and it's not like i'm like one of we have like people up here that they bring their yachts up from the virgin islands it's crazy but and so but for me because i do like fashion it is fun to change my clothes and just go kind of get my gun off for 20 minutes while i run my errands and then mm-hmm. come back and come back and get filthy again so yeah. if you would like to see what we are wearing <laughs> just like to see what we're talking about when we're talking about our jewelry or our red <laughs> lips or our cowboy boots or whatever then we invite you to join us over on patreon patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast you show some love to us. I need a coffee. That's not fair, Shay. <laughs> we'll show some love to you with digital downloads of our cookbooks, a private Discord server where you can hang out with all the other homemakers mm-hmm. that listen to the show and exchange recipes, have some fun, great banter there. And along with everything else that goes with that, we have the bonus feature of that you will have access 
private, exclusive access to the video version of the show. Mm -hmm. So listen to the show on Monday and Thursday. Wait patiently a few days while we edit that and then enjoy the video version. Mm Patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic Podcast. Ooh, Shay, I see a little newsletter reminder cue there for you. Oh, okay. This is good because we've got been getting some emails. So uh, we will have an email going out each Friday with the week's episodes and all the show notes and all the links. So it just makes it easier for you guys. If you go to homemakerchicpodcast.com and scroll to the bottom, there's a little sign up for our newsletter box. Okay. You put your email in there and hit submit. You'll get an email that just says, hey, confirm that you want to be on Homemaker Chic's list, blah, blah. You just got to hit the confirm button. I'm running into some technical problems where when you hit that confirm button, it'll take you to a sign-in page for ConvertKit, which is the system that we use to send our emails out. You don't need to worry about that. Once you hit that confirm button in your email, you're good to go. I know this because I've subscribed myself like 12 times. I have confirmed it. (laughs) So once you hit the confirm button in your email, you're fine. Don't don't create a ConvertKit account. Don't worry about. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'll get it figured out. But I haven't yet. But I will. This is my whole my whole life right now is putting out little technical fires from the YouTube channel, the blog, the cooking community, the podcast, whatever it may be. It's that and trying to remember my passwords, which have gotten very intense as of late. It's like, please select the the traffic lights. I'm like, is that a traffic light or is that a sign? I can't click any pictures with the mountain. Mountains are relative. Is that a mountain? I don't know. Is that a bump? Is that a septic mount? I like. (laughs) This is my bloody stressful. My whole life is me shouting at Stuart. I can't get in. Now it has to text me a login code. But my phone's dead. Can you plug my phone in? Yes. Can you text me the code? (laughs) This is it. If you wonder what it's like to live our lives online, that's it. It's so very true. (laughs) That's why we like the really nice emails that are like, you girls are just doing your best. Bless your hearts. (laughs) The ones that are like, excuse me, it is 4.02 on Thursday and there's no video version of the show. Like those sort of make us crumble. Mm -hmm. Okay. They don't even make me mad. They just make me want to cry. I give up. All right. Let's cue the wedding music. Let's cue it. (laughs) So here's what we want you to do. Lovely homemakers, we would like you, we invite you to bookmark this page so you can make it super easy. In French, we say très facile. Tryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. Before we uh, enjoy our conversation today, would you pour a glass with us? It's slightly early. But, you know, depending on what time you're listening, we give you permission. Here at Homemaker Chic, we drink dry farm wines. Dry farm wines are sourced from wineries around the world, and they will deliver these wonderful bottles to your doorstep. Or if you are in one of those poo-poo states that won't let you uh, have alcohol delivered to your doorstep, you can have it sent to your local wine shop. You can arrange that with them privately. Every time, every time we think about that, I just think of William Wallace and like, freedom! <laughs> Paint your face blue, show up <laughs> at the wine shop in a kilt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Is there Scottish wine? It's probably whiskey. <laughs> These wines are sourced from boutique family-owned small vineyards from around the world. And this is a very chic way for you to fill your wine cabinet because they are natural. So there is no genetically modified yeast. There is no additional sugars added to create that fermentation. They're just using the natural yeast from the fruit, which I think is fabulous. So they're sugar-free, additive-free, chemical-free. And when you do purchase Dry Farm Wines, of course, you're supporting the show, but you're supporting these beautiful families around the world, these small farmers that are doing things the old-fashioned way, which is pretty important to Shay and I. Mm -hmm. And, you know, since we're talking about skilling up in the kitchen today, this is like one of the easiest ways I can think of to skill up in the kitchen is to sort of readdress your wine cabinet in a smaller, better, not more kind of a way. So this is wine that is probably above the price point that most people are used to spending on a bottle of grocery store wine. Yeah. 
And so the way that we counter that is we drink less. And maybe that doesn't sound good to you, (laughs) but this can be a good thing too. This can be a very beautiful way to really scale up, to pay attention to what you're drinking, to not just mindlessly pour out bottle after bottle. It really is a, it's such a chic way to scale up in the kitchen. We had a company overnight before last, and um, I have a friend who has a doozy, doozy of Lyme's disease. It's t- it's not good. It's no bueno. Uh, and I know she's not drinking, and I knew she wanted to, and I said, would you like to try a bottle – or a, a bottle, no, a glass of dry farm. <laughs> and I just gave her like a quick rundown without being too uh, spiely. I just wanted her to know like this is – you're not going to like fall over if you haven't yeah. had wine in 60 days. It's yeah. like – 11.5% alcohol. Um, and so that was fun because even for someone like her who's really uh, is not partaking but would like to every once in a while and needs to do it as clean as possible mm-hmm. when she does. Um, but she said about how much our, you know, I kind of gave her the rundown on the price. Um, but it is, it's a different mindset. It goes back to what we started with better, mm-hmm. not more. We're not talking about like just burning through like those big, cheap Chardonnays. We're talking about having a few glasses a week Mm -hmm. of something really good and something that you can hang your hat on, if you Mm -hmm. will. So visit dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic and ask me what I'm sipping. Uh, Yes. I was just going to go there. What are you sipping, dear Angela? Well, not right now, Uh, but here we go. Oh, yes. You can see it's, there's some left. Mm Mm-hmm. The lighting is really good. You can actually see that. It is really that. good. Usually mm-hmm. you can't see the bottles that I yeah. hold up. Um, yeah. So this is French, which was exciting because a lot of my uh, – I like a big heavy red, and so I get a lot of Austrians in my order. Um, this is Chateau Tour de Boisse. This is a Bordeaux Supérieur. Marc, Marc, Le Temps. That's the vigneron. And uh, well I, done, uh, merci. Um, <laughs> I really liked this bottle, and then I did a little research as to why. And my favorite region in France is Saint Emilion, and this is ten kilometers south of that region. Okay, and fifty um, percent Merlot, fifty percent Cabernet Sauvignon, clay limestone, um, limestone subsoil, and of course organic biologically uh, grown. So with dry farm, there's no irrigation. There's obviously no pesticides, no, no anything extra. They're just nothing letting the vine do its thing. Let me see if I can find out um, how Mm -hmm. many. So the maceration, uh, these, this um, mark allows this maceration to last three to four weeks to obtain a greater complexity Mm -hmm. followed by a word I can't pronounce. Oh, no, I can. Malolactic fermentation. So 20% of this blend is aged in oak barrels underground. I'm looking at a beautiful photograph right now. It takes place in a former quarry, and it's underneath the Chateau Vineyard. So super romantic. Hello. I just want to live in a place like that, surrounded by mold and cheese and fermenting wine. Good stank. Yeah. Yeah. Give me all that good stank. Give me all that good stank. It's good for you. grab your first bottle for a penny. Place an order. They're going to give you an extra bottle for a penny. Dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker. Homemaker chic. chic. Yes. Do this, my friends. Mm-hmm. I had a beautiful okay. bottle of Prosecco last night with our company. It was fabulous. So good. You know me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give me the bubbles. Give me those Italian bubbles. Okay. Today we are deep diving into skilling up in the summer kitchen, which is the perfect topic considering both of us actually had company this weekend and both of us were able to sort of bust out some of those summer moves. And um, we're actually going to be referencing two books as we talk. The first is Angela's cookbook from France to the farm. So patrons take a peek. It's when she had longer hair. Um, I love your cookbook. It's, I lament so much the fact that we don't get to do life side by side. And cooking alongside somebody or using their recipes is such an emotional way to bring somebody into your Mm -hmm. kitchen. So sometimes I just miss you and I just bring out your cookbook and I cook from it. Mm -hmm. And it's such a romantic way to have you there with me. Um, And then the other book that we're going to be referencing is a book I wrote called – 
what is it called? <laughs> Seasons, Seasons at the Farms. <laughs> this is what it looks like. So it's there's beautiful. Um, it's everything it, goes through. it should be. <laughs> it goes through all the seasons, but there is, a, of course, there's a summer season and we talk about food in this season. And so we're going to be referencing various recipes and a few other things that we'll make sure that those are available to our patrons as well. So we'll copy and paste the recipes that we're talking about over on Patreon. Um, okay. Where do you want to start? Well, I just want to start with the the idea I think okay. that what summer does for, and I know we're speaking to people around the world, so we're we're speaking of like a four seasons American summer, but you guys can extrapolate from it, uh, yeah, what you wish as you yeah. can. For me, and tell me if this is the same for you, what summer does, it just brings this relaxation. It's just sort of this release for me personally. I go all year for these 90 to 120 days. This is what I live for. This is when I'm, quite frankly, my best self. I'm happiest. I'm more carefree. I feel prettier. I feel more romantic. Oh, girl, feel, you're just. No, I do. You're I getting have it. All the feelings. Like, I, you know, yeah. we FaceTimed yesterday and I was, you guys, I FaceTimed her. I was sitting in the pond. I had the jazz playing. I'm like, this is it. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what, this is why I work. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me, it's so silly. The mindset reminds me of high school. In high school, I used to, I had a job and I would work until the next dance. So I could buy a really pretty dress for the next dance. And then I would work for the next dance. And I would always look forward to that. And as an adult, silly as it sounds like, that's how I treat summer. Mm-hmm. This is my moment. I get to just, I get to exercise all the things all the little touches that I want. And that really comes out just in my kitchen. Mm -hmm. So it gets a little bit uh, less um, smoggy and utilitarian. And it does. It gets more romantic. It's the running. It's the act of running out to the garden and grabbing the little scallions and the fresh lettuces and Mm -hmm. all the feelings that that gives you and poaching the eggs or frying the eggs. It's just like this culmination of the whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially as a farmer, I suppose. So mm-hmm. um, it it gives me this feeling of wanting to just sort of take everything to the next level and do everything well and gift that. Mm-hmm. And like even just having people the other night, it was super simple. I made my world famous salami wraps <laughs> and it was just like, here's a little something, something. Enjoy mm-hmm. the jazz. Enjoy the lights, the fountain running in the background. We laughed. We had a great time. Like, I want to, like, pocket as many moments of those as I can, but I don't want to, and no offense, I don't want to come to it with, um, you know, a, a ranch dressing Tupperware from the store, okay? I want to, like, do my very best as simple as I can because mm-hmm. it's a busy time to make it beautiful and aesthetically pleasing and give someone like this, oh, like, wow, I just had a moment. That yeah. evening was a moment or that – Bite was a moment. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes to all of this. <laughs> I think the easiest way you hit on to sort of, before we even talk about what we're cooking, the food we're cooking, mm-hmm. setting the stage, summer is the time to bring out the string of lights. And even if you don't have a perfect place to put people outside You can create those moments, even if it's just on your apartment balcony, but you've got the music playing and you have the lights strung up. Not a safe time for candles if you live where I live. There'll be no No. outside candles, (laughs) no fires, none of these sorts of things. So string of lights it is. Um, I'm picturing just pots of herbs or just pots of even annual flowers out, things that people could really easily do because not everybody has cultivated a huge garden right. like you have to to bring people into but um there are little ways that you can bring that taste in so before you ever even eat you've already wet their palate for what's going to come mm-hmm. but you know the even the furniture we sat on the other night some of it i've had for 20 years it's from our first little condo mm-hmm. where we weren't supposed to do anything like that outside. And I like wrapped lights around a tree and strung them and duct taped them and plugged them in. And I had our two chairs out there and we'd bring 
we just would play music loud. It was like before yeah. iPods or or anything. So, and it was not, it was not um, an aesthetically pleasing situation. Like we were inviting people to sit on a sidewalk that other people had to use to get to their part of the condo. Mm-hmm. But we created this little area. It, it create it made like this mindset, this vibe, just by doing those few things. So you really can do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just bringing those elements in. And what I find is when you do set the stage in that way, then it does give you this extra freedom and relaxation that you can bring to the meal mm-hmm. because some of the work is already done for you. Whereas in the winter, cast the spell or, you know, yeah, people are coming in and they're trudging through the snow and they're having to take their snow gear off and they're they're cold (laughs) and you're just like, all right, we got a lot of work to do to get you from zero to 60, you know, where we want you to be. Yeah. I'm doing this really great hospitality series with ladies in my church right now. And one of the things that we've been really talking about that I've been convicted by is that And I know this isn't exactly what we're talking about today, but when you are bringing people into your home to feed them for this fellowship, this costs you. This should cost you. That doesn't mean that we need to aim for perfection when you're bringing people in. Um, But like, you know, we've joked about before, like, you know, it's flushing the turd down the toilet, making sure that there's toilet paper and hand soap in the bathroom, no dirty underwear, sitting on the floor, Mm -hmm. you know, you are putting some effort in. This is, you're exerting energy so that other people can sort of fill up a little bit on that energy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I think, I think we need to remember that when we think about opening up our summer kitchens, because summer is the time that people get together. Yes, you're going to be eating with your family on a Tuesday night, just you guys. And that's just as important. But this is the time of barbecues and birthday parties and outside fellowship and graduation, graduation, everything. All and everything's things. going like ready to go a little hog nutty, quite frankly, after the last year and a half. Yes, exactly. Don't and underestimate so- how excited people are to come over exactly. and sit <laughs> exactly. in your front yard. Okay. Never <laughs> underestimate how happy people are to have somebody else cook for them. <laughs> Lest you hold yourself to a higher standard than you need to. Man, right. especially when I had young kids, I'm still this way, but especially when I had young kids, if somebody was like, come over and we had boxed mac and cheese, I was just so happy. I was so happy that I got to recharge in somebody else's space and go mm-hmm. home to no dishes. So just just think about that as you're preparing your summer kitchen. It, it simple as it is, and as as pared back as we do like to keep things, so that we can enjoy this time. Anything you do in the kitchen is going to be effort. That's my disclaimer. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's start with that. Let's start about like um, the simplicity. Like we're not talking about like an eight course meal under candelabras. Outside, no. This Can we is just not talk about that. Please, working. Just, just lighten up. What? A bat in the kitchen. Oh. Okay. Well, I've Don't had go to six house. interruptions since we've been in here. Both my boys. They brought me the first raspberry. Apparently, Stuart came in to get his iPad, and now there's a bat in the kitchen. So, never a dull moment. Um, okay. I'm going to do a shameless plug here for my cooking community because we do a theme each month at the request of my members. So I think this is like our sixth theme that we've done. And the theme for July, so the recipes coming up in two weeks, is herbs. And I have never had so much fun doing recipes as I did this month because they're all recipes that you can make in 10 minutes or less, like super hands-off, super simple. And everything was centered around herbs, which are the easiest way to add flavor to anything. Like simple, simple, simple. Was that your, I can't remember what your question was. I got distracted by the bat. What were we talking about? There was a reason I was bringing that. I don't 
can't remember. Um, I feel like it was simplicity. I don't remember. That's what okay. It was. Simple That's okay. recipes. Um, no, so- let's just actually like because we're gonna just kind of give them some ways to skill up in the kitchen. Can we just start with herbs? Let's you, just do it. Okay. And we don't yeah. – Maddie, I don't even care about specifics, but, like, just get some. All of them. In the checkout lane. Put yeah. them on your windowsill. I don't care. And just start experimenting. Mm-hmm. One of the rest – so that was part of the push with this cooking community recipes was, like, people don't necessarily – they know how to use basil. They know it goes with tomatoes. They know how to use parsley, right, because they've seen yeah. it on all the all the things. But – People don't know necessarily how to use tarragon. Like that one, you know, it eludes people mm-hmm. a little bit more. And so the idea was sort of to push people into this herb world where there is so much life to be had. And if anything mm-hmm. inspires you in your summer kitchen, it should be the herbs that are available. So let's talk yeah. about some. I mean, obviously, we've got basil. We've got thyme, oregano. All the parsley. I prefer flat leaf parsley. That's just me. Because um, curling, like curl parsley, it gets stuck in my throat. <laughs> um, rosemary. Rosemary, of course. Mm-hmm. Tarragon. Lemongrass. Lemongrass. Sage. Sage. Cilantro. Okay. Can I just talk about sage for a minute? I am like kind of a, I have like kind of a problem. I have like so much sage. <laughs> I love growing. sage so much. I love it. Here's a little fun thing to do. Put some flour in a bowl, add a hefty pinch of salt, add beer till it's like thin pancake consistency, mm-hmm. flour and beer and salt. That's it. Okay. Take your sage leaves, dip them in and then fry them in duck fat, hot duck fat. Just fry them and serve that as an appetizer with some Prosecco and your guests will wet their pants. It's so good. Yes. Fried and, sage And don't leaves. panic. Just get some duck fat off Amazon. Don't oh, yeah. panic. You can find it. Duck fat, lard, tallow. I just like duck yeah. fat. That's yeah. my preferred frying oil of choice. Well, a lot of people I know, <clears throat> I mean, I, I know when I discovered just frying sage, to go with pasta or pancakes, like yeah. whatever. Yep. Uh, amazing. Yeah. The Elliott Homestead Cooking Community is a sponsor of Homemaker Chic Podcast because, frankly, homemakers have to cook. This is for home cooks out there who would love some new inspiration, ideas, and motivation in the kitchen. Each month, you'll get five new recipes shipped to your door or to your inbox, whichever you prefer. Recipes will range from entrees to side dishes to desserts to sourdough breads and everything in between. I'll also guide you through the month's recipes with a long, in-depth cooking video showing you new skills and encouraging you as you give these recipes a try in your own kitchen. And lastly, you'll be invited into our exclusive community of like-minded home cooks where you can ask questions, share your successes, and gain inspiration from women just like you. The Elliott Homestead Cooking Community is here to inspire and nourish your family with whole food recipes, price-conscious recipes, from scratch recipes that are designed to enjoy. We're going to teach you to bake. We're going to teach you to use sourdough. We're going to teach you to ferment things and to try new ingredients. Visit cook.theelliothomestead.com to join as a member today. Visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com and use the coupon code HOMEMAKERCHIC20. Summer is here. We are line drying our linens or lounging in bed after a long day of gardening, and we are doing both of these things with our American Blossom Linens. Softer with each washing, these are our favorite sheets. As fans of vintage linens, these are the best sheets ever. In fact, we call them modern vintage and you need to be sleeping on them. With a process called combing, all the rough fibers are pulled out of these organic, Texas-grown cotton sheets. This creates the softest, most beautiful linens for your home. Invest once because American Blossom Linens are woven to last a lifetime. That's right. Invest just once and never again with American Blossom Linens. Visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com and use our exclusive coupon code HOMEMAKERCHIC20 for 20% off. Jovial Foods has been a longtime sponsor of Homemaker Chic, and we are so grateful for the good food that they add to our pantries. Visit jovialfoods.com. 
Jovial Foods is an amazing company that was founded by husband and wife team Carla and Rodolfo. After they discovered years ago that their daughter had a gluten sensitivity, they struck out to find grains that her body could easily digest and thrive off of eating, and that led them to einkorn. Einkorn is the oldest variety of wheat that we know about, and it's never been hybridized. It is rich in protein and has a weak gluten structure, which makes it really easy for our bodies to digest. Now Jovial Foods is the top supplier of einkorn flours in the world, and this has gone on to develop into einkorn pastas, Italian olive oils, einkorn snacks, and the top-rated gluten-free pasta line. This flour will change your baking world. So whether you're stocking your pantry with their beans, their oils, their cookies, crackers, pastas, or flours, visit jovialfoods.com to stock your whole food pantry with these amazing products. And I will actually venture to say that I fry more food in the summertime and and hear me out. It's not that we eat everything fried, but when I'm serving four dishes at a meal, mm-hmm. okay, let's say like I've got like a cold cut roast beef and then I've got this amazing parsley salad with, and I've got tomatoes and basil. I've got all these freshy things. My mind is always thinking in the counter. So Opposites. salty, sweet, cold, hot, mm-hmm. crunchy, squishy. And so mm-hmm. when you've got all these fresh, vibrant, just coated with olive oil and lemon juice and just fresh, fresh, fresh. My palate wants something salty and fatty to counter that. And I fry a lot in the summer. I mean, whether it's zucchini blossoms stuffed with cheese or lots of frying going on. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I do is I have a cast iron Dutch oven and I always keep like three inches of oil of duck fat in it. I use it. I don't use it for meat. I have a separate one for like fish or something, but okay. I do fry up vegetables more often than other things or some sort of fritters. You write any potatoes, mm-hmm. any of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So then I, I use it outside. I fry it outside and then I'll just take the whole thing lit on and put it in my fridge and I just keep it in there. And then when I need it again, I just pull it out. So it doesn't become this big elaborate thing. You just go get the oil. And every once mm-hmm. in a while, I add a little bit more. Super simple way to keep things on hands. But don't be scared of frying. Don't be scared of frying. No. This is a good thing. It's got a bad Fat is a good thing. But that's because they're talking about Crisco and hydrogenated garbage. Yeah. You use some good lard, some duck fat. Yeah. Whatever. Olive oil. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, So I would. I would if, you know, if I was needing to try something new or expand like just go really basic. Don't be intimidated by anything. Yeah. Get some herbs, put them on your windowsill. Start start really simple. Like chop up a bunch, experiment with flavors. And I put mine in with the fat. So if I've got like a clarified butter or an olive oil, I put the herbs in to heat with that. Mm-hmm. And then I'll fry my egg mm-hmm. after it's sort of fragrant. Um, yeah, fragrant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All all of that, please. All um of it. So I know we we need to talk about eating outside. That's a whole other thing. But since we're talking about cooking outside, cooking outside in the summertime is everything to me. <laughs> Every, everything. It's a cleaner yep. kitchen. It's less of a mm-hmm. mess inside. It's the experience. We put a little water feature by where we cook outside so that there's the sound of running water. We have the fragrance of the flowers. Like it's just – it's we created a space that we love because we just have one of those like little propane burners. It's nothing fancy. We have our big green egg grill and then we've got a little propane burner. Like it's. Yeah. I've got know. like the three. The okay. camper. I have the know, two like, like camper stove. It's three burners. And I have it sitting on like a seven or eight foot pallet. Yeah. That serves as like a countertop. Yeah. The propane tank is underneath. All the frying happens outside. Yep. Yep. So you're not wiping down all the copper. All that kind of stuff. Indoors. Exactly. Yeah. So one of my sort of moves that I have in the summertime is. I bake a lot less bread in the summertime, but I love bread and bread products and all things Mm -hmm. bread. And so one thing that I'll do a lot in the summer is I'll whip up flatbreads and we'll cook those outside. So let's say we cook our meat on the big green egg, which is the grill that we use. 
or we just heat a cast iron skillet on the propane stove and you can fly fry flatbreads. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of forethought that has to go into flatbreads. You don't even right. need to let them rise. So I'm going to give everybody a recipe right now. So grab okay. a pen. Okay. This is a recipe that's actually from Seasons at the Farm, but it's not in the summer section. But it's it's a recipe that I use all the time. This is actually a bottle of Dry Farm Wines, actually. See this? Yes. Okay, so this is an einkorn flatbread, but use what kind of flour you like, but I like einkorn. So it's four cups of einkorn flour, two tablespoons of honey, three teaspoons of salt, three teaspoons of yeast, and a cup and a half of warm water. Just literally pile that all in a bowl. It does not matter in what order it goes in. Whip it all together. Knead it until it's smooth, which takes like 30 seconds. Put it in a bowl. And then all you got to do is grab a piece of it, roll it out, throw it on the barbecue. And then when it's done, I take a stick of butter and I butter it so it stays soft. And then I sprinkle parsley over the top or chives or something. So it's... It's Truffle buttery oil. and drippy and <laughs> chewy yeah. and um, and fabulous. And it's my total cheap bread because I don't cook with yeast really ever except for mm-hmm. when I make these flatbreads because they're – and how often in the summer are you – you know, you're down at the river with your friends and you're like, you know what? Let's just throw together a dinner tonight. Let's just mm-hmm. come on over. We'll think of something. You can have these ready in no time at all. Do you hear this well, noise? I do. We I hear your rooster nonstop. I'm yeah, gonna have to dig for a pen because my pencil broke. So keep talking. Okay. Um, we have our first rain of the entire season today. And what that means, all the cherries are red and ripe and they're about ready to start picking. And oh, so what that okay. means is now they're sending in the helicopters to use their downwind to blow off the water on the cherries. Otherwise, the cherries will absorb the water and they'll pop. Right. And then they can't yeah. sell them. So and you guys in, are already time for cherries. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But now it's it sounds a like a war here. zone out there because there's cherry bombs, which are they sound like gunshots to scare the yeah. birds out of the trees. Between yeah. that and the choppers, it's just like, what's happening? It's not coming, it's not coming through on the mic. <laughs> okay. Just your rooster every okay. time. Okay, Our roosters are about ready to flatbreads. Mm-hmm. Um, when it was so funny it. when you were talking about cooking outside, just see me like turn around because my window's open. Mm-hmm. My summer kitchen is right down there, and Joel must be roasting coffee beans, which means I have a latte on the way. Mm. Yay! <laughs> I need one so bad. Lord have um, mercy. Oh, rats. I was just going to say something, but I my pencil broke, so I need Okay. To, I got distracted so eating, reaching So eating outside, pen. even if you're not cooking outside. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Yep. Um, to either we set up a like we've just done a plastic table with a tablecloth outside lots of times. Like we're just going to eat out here. We're going to experience mm-hmm. this. But if that's not even possible, like pack a picnic. Even if it's just like Costco, lunch me and bags of chips, go eat by the river. Yeah. Like put your toes in the river, go up into the wood, do something, do something outside, eat it outside. Do Speaking of uh, shameless plugs, I'll give one for Old World because uh, the summer edition is coming out on the 20th or pre-sale on the 20th. There's like over the top article mm-hmm. on eating outside. It is. Beautiful, encouraging. It's everything. In our family, my grandma used to say everything tastes better outside. Mm-hmm. It does. It this just is, does. This is true. This is true. Um, okay, so herbs, cooking outside, flatbread. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important not to, um, like, don't get, well, like, I know women, we get so bogged down and we just, like, want to take everything on. Just get, like, a few signature moves that you can just play, mm-hmm. like the flatbread or mm-hmm. a flatbread I mean, and, like, whole roasted chickens. Let's talk about that skill. Please. Okay. Yeah. Skilling up in the kitchen could look as simple as learning to spatchcock a chicken. Because it cooks way faster when you mm-hmm. spatchcock it. So think about a whole chicken, which is a very price efficient way to buy chicken. Way cheaper yes. per pound. Um, so our family, I have to cook two now because mm-hmm. this is the stage of life we're at. Soon it'll be three, I'm sure. So what I do is I take two chickens 
that are defrosted and I cut them up the spine with a knife and it's weird your first time, but you'll get the hang Mm -hmm. of it. And that opens it up kind of like a butterfly. And then you just use your body weight to smoosh it down. So it lays flat. Yep. Olive oil, salt, either put it on the grill or just roast it in the oven. When it comes out, squeeze some lemon juice over it, a bunch of herbs, and then serve it. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. And you're like, thank you. I am amazing. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> just you saying that, well, I'll have to post a video on uh, the Patreon page of Anais when she's four getting a handle on the word spatchcocking. Oh, amusing. I called it spangcocking for a very long time. <laughs> Excalibur apple trees and spang cocking. So we were in the garden last week and the girls were like, what does Shay call these trees again? Excaliburs. Excalibur. Um, Isn't that the dehydrator? (laughs) Exactly. It's my dehydrator. Um, The thing about summer, too, is you're giving people this. um, You can give them this tangible experience. So. Uh, you know, I don't, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you do the same, like, don't just use the lemons myself in the kitchen. Like I put them, we have a big family. So I put some lemons on some, some one side of the table and lemons mm-hmm. on the other and then chopped herbs. So like everybody can just kind of get their hands in. Ooh, I want more lemon. Yeah. <sighs> they get the sexiness of doing the lemon themselves. And, um, I put little bowls of salt, chunky salt out if mm-hmm. they want to add more salt and the pepper grinder, this, there's this whole like tangible get them involved in developing their own palate and just oh, yeah. the, the sexiness, quite frankly, of of that, yep. of squeezing the lemon and sprinkling their own herbs. I mean, there's – I think there's something – I really think that's – Oh, yeah. And it's such an easy way to flush out a table. Mm-hmm. And, and all, the yeah. experience. Yeah. Very much like, Okay, so. now, now we're actively doing this together. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about a few more skilling up recipes – Um, so one way I think that we can easily skill up in the summer kitchen, and this may be controversial, is to not use mayonnaise in our salads. (laughs) Please don't use mayonnaise. I hate mayonnaise. (laughs) And I'm not alone. Wait, 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 wait wait a minute. No. You, you hate mayonnaise? I pretty much hate mayonnaise. Yeah. Pretty much hate it. Homemade mayonnaise? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing with homemade mayonnaise. I have never found a need for it that creme fraiche didn't do and didn't do better. Uh-uh. Yeah. No. I said it was going to be controversial, and I stand by it. I'm just saying, even if you love mayonnaise, we're all very familiar with the mayonnaise potato salad, the mayonnaise deviled eggs. But it's like kind of like homemade mayonnaise has so many more flavors than store mayonnaise because you have like the vinegar and the mustard and the lemon juice. And well, all yeah. That. I mean, it depends on how good you are at making homemade mayonnaise and or if okay. you want to and or if you have good eggs on hand. Like these are factors True. that you yeah. all oh, play yeah, in. Um, yeah. So I have a recipe in Seasons at the Farm for my favorite potato salad. And it okay. uses just plain yogurt as the dressing. So I'm going to read this to you guys. Again, we'll post these recipes over on Patreon. But if you need a way to skill up your potato salad, which is a staple, at least in America. I read an article once about how bad the British are at making potato salad. And it was a British lady who wrote it. And she's like, I've been to America. And they run their potato salad laps around us. Like, why are we so bad at this? (laughs) I don't know. I've never had their potato salad. Um, Okay. Four pounds of potatoes, russet potatoes, peeled and obviously boiled until they're fork tender and then strain them. Okay, so we're dealing. We're mm-hmm. starting with cooked potato cubes um, that have been cooked in a very salted water. So that's one way to. Ooh, that looks good. That's one way to skill up. Cook your yes. potatoes, or if you're Please. blanching vegetables, salt water, salt it like a half cup of salt in your water. Pasta, all just keep a thing of salt. It should right taste next like seawater. So yeah. you can yes, nigella. So you can yeah. just grab it and. Pfft. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then the dressing is oh, one cup of plain yogurt, three teaspoons of a real nice, sharp, grainy mustard. Got to have your mustard. Mm-hmm. Of course, salt and pepper to taste. 
And then two minced shallots, one cup of minced celery, one cup of mint, uh, fresh parsley, and then six hard-boiled eggs that are peeled and sliced to add in there. And that is a good potato salad. But of course, use whatever herbs you like. Dill. I love dilled potato salad. I love it. Mm-hmm. I actually love little dill pickles cut up and put in my potato salad. So there's a lot of ways you can go with that. But just breaking out of the Costco potato salad yes, is a great way to step it up. The, you you have to well, listen to me, dogmatic, but you got to get like a few moves because, yes, that's those are convenient. Mm-hmm. And there's a time and a place for like pre-made, you know, deli stuff. Yeah. But when you do it in your own kitchen and you make a decision like the yogurt or a homemade mayonnaise or ACV or something, and you're making like these intentional little decisions in quintessential American dishes. Mm-hmm. You can't, you cannot underestimate the change yeah. in the taste and what's that's going to do. Here's my little mayonnaise page with Ami. Okay, yes. This is a, and actually patrons, you get a copy of this cookbook for free, the digital right. version. So you can check this out. I'm kind of addicted to homemade mayonnaise. And okay. here's why. Backstory. I grew up as a child thinking I didn't like mayonnaise. I would never have a turkey sandwich with mayonnaise. No, no, no. I was a butter sort of a girl. Okay. As I was just like, that was one of my things as a kid that I didn't think I liked. Well, I carried that into my grown up years. And then I went to Paris and tried mayonnaise with French fries. Mm-hmm. And I literally filled my suitcase with tubes of mayonnaise because in France, it comes like in a toothpaste tube. Mm-hmm. And now I don't use ketchup anymore. I use mayonnaise with my yeah. French fries, like a crackhead, like a normal civilized person i use mayonnaise with my french fries (laughs) and um i love homemade mayonnaise Mm -hmm. i could just smear it all over me i love it it makes me so happy that makes me want to throw up i i like it (laughs) but i'm recovering from like a whole huge portion of my life not eating mayonnaise so now i'm just like making i'm like that guy in chocolat when he's like in the front window just like "Ah," (laughs) with the chocolate you know (laughs) No, mayonnaise has a place. I don't mean that. I just mean it can be a great way to skill up to try something else. Well, you yogurt, know, yogurt, yogurt is herbs, an easy like sub. All those things make yeah, 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 yeah. Yogurt is an easy sub. Yogurt is also a signature move that I have, which is pull out whatever meat I have in the freezer. Whatever, uh-huh. like uh, I did a leg of lamb for our company, which sounds really fancy, but when you grow lambs, it's not that fancy. Stu right. cuts it off the bone and we just cut it. Whatever meat we have, we cut it into one inch cubes, okay? Whether it's mm-hmm. beef or lamb or chicken or pork or whatever. And then I marinate it in yogurt because yogurt has acid in it, which helps to tenderize and break down some of the meat proteins, mm-hmm. if you will. Right. So my one of my signature moves is to cube the meat, throw it into a giant bowl, pour some yogurt. I don't measure anything. Pour yogurt over the top, grab whatever herbs or spices are making your skirt fly up, garlic powder, mm-hmm. herbs de Provence. I usually use like some sort of curry, cumin, coriander, turmeric, whatever. Just load them in there. Mm-hmm. Massage it and let it hang out in your fridge and you can use it that night or you can use it in four days. But then you have it and I will usually just throw them on a little shish kebab, slap it on the grill. Everybody loves meat on a stick and it's like the simplest recipe to cook when people come over because then you can hang out outside around the grill mm-hmm. or the barbecue. We call it a grill. Um, you can hang out outside and it's no big deal. The meat's ready. You're not worried about not cooking it correctly because they're just these small little pieces. You can tell easily yeah. when they're done. Right. Slap them on there. Throw your flatbreads on after the meat's done. That is a signature move. Meat on a stick. <laughs> You're making me happy. <laughs> well, I, we had quite a happy meal last night. We had meat on a stick <laughs> and uh, cocktails with fresh mint leaves. That's another yeah. signature move. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of cocktails, I'm so excited. Okay, so elderflower doesn't grow here. Uh, and elderflower mm. is elder is like indicative of water in the ground. So we have bedrock, mm-hmm. right? 
So it's just not here. It's amazing. 300 miles south. It's in every ditch, every forest edge. So sad. I bought a little tiny tree last year and I planted it. It's already like four feet tall and it has flowers on it. Oh, I'm so happy. Yes. I, I'm so happy to have grapefruit, elderflower, cocktails. Yep. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very elderflower much. Elderflower fritter. Yep. Give me all the elderflower. Yep. We're doing an elderflower yes. champagne right now. I don't know if you've yeah, ever made I that, can't. but it's. I have. And elderflower cordial. Flowers this year to do it. Yeah. Elderflower cordial for those of you who can grow it. Um, I use gin because it's my jiggle juice of okay. choice. That's what my sister calls alcohol. She calls it jiggle juice. It cracks me up. <laughs> um, take a bottle of gin, put in like a cup of honey, some lemons, shove some elderflowers in there and just let it marinate for as long as you want. Mm-hmm. Strain it. And you've got a sipping cordial because it's got it's sweet from the honey and it's florally mm-hmm. from the elderflower and it's sharp from the lemon and it's warming because of the gin. And it's just so simple and so good and so I'll fun. Put my, uh, yeah, I'll put the little the champagne elderflower champagne on Patreon, too. I'm making a little list of all the of what we're talking yes. about for our patrons. Yes. Make sure that you do that so that. Um, Um, something else I do in the summer, especially because it's frying is like, I'm a huge crab cake person. Any kind of seafood cake. (sighs) Any, any, I told you on the phone the other day, we, we couldn't find any crab in Dora County. Apparently nobody here wants to eat crab. And I had a a fridge full of salmon. Fine. Salmon cakes. Salmon cakes. (laughs) Salmon cakes. It is. (laughs) Uh, Yep. Uh, I've got a good recipe. It's not mine. It's David Links, who's the chef from Cochon, where we went in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, I think it's on YouTube. I'll post that too okay. because crab cakes, that's another thing where if you can get really good at that and just like muck about for a few weeks until you develop, you know, take somebody's recipe, add, subtract, you know, get it to where it really suits your your palate and your family's palate. I mean, yeah, that's another good make ahead one, too, because you can use whatever vegetables or herbs you have in the garden. Right. Some right. kind of binding agent. So flour, cornmeal, some stale bread, stale breadcrumbs, yeah. something. Mm-hmm. One of those three. Yep. couple eggs, salt and pepper, and then quite literally whatever protein you have. I think seafood is the best in cakes. I've done them with chicken. Yeah. I've done them with all kinds of things, but mm-hmm. any kind of seafood. Salmon. We did ours with black cod. The other day, the other night, but you could mix it up, just literally throw it in a food processor, pulse it till it's all combined. And then you could store it in a Tupperware in the fridge for the week. Yeah. So that it's like completely ready. You pair that with a nice salad and maybe a plate of tomatoes. Crisp, cold, rosé, fabulous something or other. I mean, it's it's so good and it just doesn't have to be that complicated. Um, I just thought of one that we have to talk about. And okay. I mean, we're talking about skilling up in the kitchen. Ladies, let me invite you to skill up by making fresh salsa. <laughs> Come on. That's our department. All right. You tell me yours. I'll tell you mine. <laughs> My salsa is never the same twice. And okay. turns out I... I've come to know myself over the years. I love fermented salsa because I love the zip and the zing of it. So we do a we do a fermented salsa with our tomatoes mm-hmm. for a tomato salsa. Mm-hmm. But I love tomatillo salsa a hundred times mm-hmm. more than red salsa. Okay. So this year, instead of growing a ton of tomatoes for salsa, I grew a ton of tomatillos. So tomatillos, cool. they are little green thingies with seeds in them. They have a little husk, papery husk on the outside. So yeah, they the drop off the plant, looking. you peel off the husk, and then dead simple. I roast them just because it adds a really good flavor. And I throw them in my Vitamix blender with cilantro, garlic, salt, pepper, onion, bell peppers if I have them or jalapenos if I have them. Mm-hmm. Like all the salsa. And I just blend it until it's smooth. And it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And roasting for people listening, you're just blistering basically yeah. just till they blister. Yeah. Sometimes I just even okay. throw them under the broiler, you know, just to right. get some char, get some good flavors going on. So that's typically the salsa that I make. But we also do what we call a cabbage salsa here. I don't know if you guys do that. 
So it's like super shredded cabbage. And then you just add in chopped onion, chopped tomato, chopped jalapeno, salt and pepper and vinegar. And you like massage it and let it hang out and marinate. And then you eat that with chips. And I think it's actually called pico de gallo. That might not be true. We always we call it cabbage salsa. Okay. And everyone knows what I'm talking about when I go to we have actually a, a market. It's called the plaza. And they're Mm -hmm. great and they make all their salsas in-house. So if I'm in a rush, I'll do that. But homemade salsa is just so fun. And people And just like experiment. Yeah. Like like peaches and habanero. Mm. That's a good combo. So how does Joel's the salsa maker, right? Yeah. What does he do? He's super basic. He's tomato. Okay. uh, Cilantro. Serrano pepper. Okay. Onion. Does he blend them up? Salt. Cuisinart. Mm-hmm. Or he pulses it. Does he see the yep. tomatoes? No. So just like just tomatoes, whole tomatoes. Roma tomatoes? Yes. Whatever we have. Okay. So in the winter, it's canned. In the summer, it's fresh. Whatever we have. Okay. Yep. Not picky. Okay. And then usually if we're having company, like we'll make like two. Yeah. Okay. Like here's the mild batch, which everybody still thinks is too hot. Yeah. And then here's the. Knock your socks off one. Yeah. Angela has an incredible spice palette that yeah, I can't even come it's close. Not, it's not really a fair. It's uh, not a fair comparison. Ground zero. No, it's not. <laughs> My poor company. It's not. But salsa is <laughs> nothing. It's nothing. Salsa is one of those things that you can, when you learn to make it, you can use it as your appetizer. Put it out with chips while everyone's hanging around the grill. Mm. Or you can, you know, have poached chicken breasts that are made ahead of time. And serve a fresh salsa over the top with a flatbread. Like that could be the whole thing. Oh my gosh. The next morning then. So if we've entertained like on a Friday, then the next morning I make a huge batch of scrambled eggs. I pour salsa all over the top and melted chihuahua cheese. Chihuahua cheese? Yeah. Never heard chihuahua cheese. (laughs) Yes, you have. It's at Costco. It's the red bag. It's the melting. The melting. I have never heard of chihuahua cheese. cheese. I swear. Queso fresco. Is that what this we're talking about? No, that's no. the crumble cheese. We call that crumble cheese. Okay. <laughs> that's the one that's like in the rounds yes. and like it's very farmer cheese. Yes. You can crumble it. But oh, huevos rancheros the white, in the morning. This is the white cheese yeah. that like melts. I don't know what you're talking about. But it's okay. It's um, like mozzarella. Only better. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the Mexican. <laughs> the Mexican mozzarella. <laughs> right, right. Um, I love that. Okay. Here's, here's another one. Um caramelized fruit anything is a signature move for me in the summer it's um it's a super easy way to skill up if you've never done so here hear me out you're giving me a confused Mm -hmm. look okay no i'm just thinking ahead to what you're gonna say um so caramelized peaches caramelized apricots caramelized plums caramelized cherries um anything caramelized anything here's what i do um i do a cup of butter Mm -hmm. and a cup of Sugar. I use um, dehydrated whole cane sugar, Rapidura succinate. It goes mm-hmm. under many aliases. Or um, even maple sugar will work, but it's more expensive. Melt those together. Get them just like simmering on the stove. And it'll start mm-hmm. to brown. It'll start to caramelize. And then you just throw in a cup of cream and a pinch of salt. And it kind of just creates this like caramely sauce. Okay? This mm-hmm. isn't like the thick Sunday sauce. This is meant to be like a caramel cream and then you just throw in whatever fruit you want and you let it cook down and and simmer. Not till it's mushy, okay. but just let it be. Okay? Okay. And then you eat it. And you can eat it over. <laughs> and then you eat it. You can eat it over <laughs> shortbread. You can eat it in a bowl with like, you could eat it with ice cream. Okay. Dead simple. Super easy right. way to upscale in your... I have a I have actually this recipe for caramelized peaches in um, okay. seasons at the farm. So we'll make sure we post that too. Okay. Well, since we're talking about shortbread, then I insist that you skill up in the strawberry shortcake yes. department. No more yellow, spongy things from the end cap in the produce aisle. You really have to try my grandma's uh, strawberry shortcake. So my grandparents were farmers, right? Before cell phones, we all had. CB radios, right? And so her handle was strawberry. <laughs> she loved strawberries. She was a fabulous 
her strawberry patch was always amazing. So in our family, we've always eaten strawberry shortcake with a really good biscuit made with lard, no spongy nonsense, on uh, whatever the best vanilla ice cream you can get your hands on. Biscuit on top, strawberries over the top, sort of macerated so the juices have been released, a sprinkle of sugar to help pull the the juices out, and then... um, Heavy cream or half and half yeah. over the top. Diet food right there. Right. That's butt extended goodness, <laughs> man. I actually did a strawberry that shortcake recipe when we came back from New Orleans for the cooking community because I was just mm-hmm. so angry at how bad the strawberry shortcake was in New Orleans. <laughs> that was offensive. No, like really, like this, when I serve mm-hmm. this, people are like, what is this? I'm like, this is strawberry shortcake. Yeah, this is what it tastes like. Real this strawberry it- shortcake. It's just amazing. And I got to tell you, for breakfast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to make this actually now. Um, yeah. It's because so it's, it's tis the season. There's so uh, much fun to be had. That strawberry shortcake was jacked. Yeah, it was for- terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did a New Orleans themed cooking community month last mm-hmm. month, I believe it was. And anyway, yeah. I did my strawberry shortcake recipe in that because it was just like, and this is how it goes down New Orleans. Maybe mm-hmm. it was a one-off bad thing, but still. You might not um, want to float oysters in butter, but. <laughs> let's work on, let's work on our shortcake. Let's work on our desserts. Um, one real other way to skill up as we're thinking about this, just in terms of what we're actually cooking. Summer is a great time to learn to make a quiche. If you have not dove into the quiche world yet. Dove in. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, dived? No. Dove? Whatever. Jumped. <laughs> if you Keep never made a quiche shape. before, now's a great time because herbs and produce, they're just like, this is like, this is such a beautiful yeah. time. Um, my chickens always lay a little bit worse in the summertime simply because it gets hot, so hot here when it yeah. hits like 90 they're they're like, we're done. So what I do is I, anytime I have extra eggs, I crack them into a bowl, whip them together with a little bit of salt. And then I freeze them in like mm-hmm. by the dozen in little containers so that if I want to make a quiche, I can just go grab it. And I've got 12 eggs already whipped, ready to go, ready for my quiche which makes it that much easier. So mm-hmm. getting a quiche um, crust, do you have one in your cookbook? I think I, I, I have one on the blog and mm-hmm. I have one in my book. So the quiche crust is like not, it's not a complex thing. You can go find a recipe and then you can just whip up whatever is good at the market, whatever you have in your refrigerator. And quiche is a great luncheon food, breakfast or luncheon if you're having ladies over for a tea or something. There you mm-hmm. go. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, this would be a great way to skill up because the summer was made for quiches. Quiches were not made for wintertime in the same way. That's a different department of quiches in terms of like caramelized onions and pancetta. Right. But summer quiches, right. when you've got zucchini and tomatoes and all these beautiful things. Well, I mean, and that's very much like this, the concept of having a potache. Like I'm going to go out. And whatever's out yeah. there, it's going in the bowl. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> like, it's arugula. Yeah. Maybe it's salad, right. turnips. Right. You know, whatever it may be. Or liter- quite literally, whatever. Like if you've got two inches of some strange cheese that you're not sure what, great. Grate it up. Throw it in a quiche. It is a- Oh, my gosh. You know what I- Go ahead. Sorry, you were Go ahead. You know what I did yesterday? This is so sad. You know how like kind of the first thing of the season is to be celebrated? Okay. I harvested my first beets yesterday. <laughs> Got them done. Put them with the chef, the pine nuts. Put them under the broiler. Yeah. Forgot about them. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Oh, sorry. Of course. Charbroiled the whole. Oh, my God. The whole thing. I cried. I bet. When you grow your own food and it waited since October for this dish. (sighs) Well, speaking of, it's time for me to go make my family breakfast. So. I'm going to go get a chiropractic adjustment. <laughs> I need one. That? I slept wrong apparently. And like, I can't, be, I cannot lift my head. Getting old. That's I'm getting not, old. Yeah. 
middle aged now. Oh my gosh. No, ladies, I know I've said this a hundred times. This is it. I am going to work out. This is it. I've had it. (laughs) I'm going to do it this time. (laughs) I'm going to do it this time. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, do visit us, patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast. Check us out there so you can get all of these recipes that we've been talking about today. You can get a digital copy of my cookbook from scratch and Angela's cookbook from France to the farm when you become a patron. Um, so visit us there. Show some love to our sponsors as always, because they keep homemaker chic on the air. And what am I missing? Okay. I don't think anything. Okay. I think that's it. We hope that this inspires be a great you week. to get into the kitchen and cook and have fun. Yeah. Experiment. Yes. Stretch yourself. Yeah. Eat good. Yes. Eat good and drink good. Okay. okay. We'll see you guys Thursday. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.